0: We're back We're back and we're meeting somebody again um, And of course we've got Plenty more of these to come Some of the ones we've done before With super agent Giovanni Branchini yes. with Victor Montagliani The CONCACAF president FIFA vice president Gail Clichy, Your old buddy Former yeah. Arsenal City um, But this, this one's a bit different It is a This bit one's different. an interesting one A yeah, very interesting
1: one So who are you And why are we talking to you I'm Sam Kedira. I'm German I retired six months Um, from the professional football, maybe I can tell some Nice stories about my career and uh, maybe about my future and about the the current football situation. I think you left out a couple things, which is interesting about yeah, humility jewels. Yeah. Yeah, like I
0: love that. Most people would have said, "Oh, I'm a World Cup champion." I'm a World Cup champion, and oh, few a few months
2: before winning the World Cup, I won the Champions yeah. League, <laughs> and it was it was la decima for the biggest club in the world. But never mind that. Where are your medals? I, 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 is the medals and the, the replica trophies still? On the shelf in the house, or? I don't
1: know, you have to ask my brother. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, like, this is uh, my brother uh, um, who's doing like my management, he had all the medals and, and the trophies. And my dad, he's taking care about the the shirts. So uh, some guys, some fans are, uh, can you get a shirt? I so, I don't know where they are. You have to ask my dad. <laughs> okay. So he's like uh, the kid man, you know, the kid uh, man of the Khadira house. So.
0: For people who don't know, your father's Tunisian, your mother is German, you were born in Stuttgart, which is in southern Germany. You grew up with Stuttgart from from, from a very young age. And then you start the season playing in the Regionalliga, which I think was like the third or fourth division at the time. And then that same season, you move up onto the first team and Stuttgart Mm. win the Bundesliga. Now,
1: were you thinking... (laughs) <laughs> what? I,
0: I,
2: well, no, no. I but mean, I yeah. think
1: the key is that yeah, no, I key want to be there. clear on
0: this. This isn't one of those situations where the young kid comes in, plays two or three games. I think you played. You made twenty-two appearances that year. You were an important part of that team that won the Bundesliga. Were you thinking, "Oh my God, this is fantastic!
1: My new career, top-flight German football"? It's uh, like absolutely Cinderella story. <laughs> but the story is a bit longer. The year before, I had problems with my knee. And like the doctor said, no, no, you can keep going, keep going, keep going. And then uh, we found out that they have the meniscus. It's like broken. So we fixed it. But after 10 uh, weeks, I restarted. But it's not getting better. So uh, they said like, no, we cannot have the, again, a surgery. You are 17 years old. We cannot do it. So I find uh, Muller-Wurfat. I think he's a really famous doctor from Munich. Uh, And then... uh, Uli Bönisch, he's in Augsburg and he's one of the best knee uh, specialists in the world so they fix it but I need like four to five months um, for the recovery so I came back and Stuttgart told me like yeah go on the second team and uh, recover well and after two months I was there I was there in really good performance in a good shape so um, I moved up to the to the first team and yeah what you said it's unbelievable we so said like maybe we can go to the Europe league or it was like the uefa cup yeah. or maybe champions league and at the end we won it and but unfortunately unfortunately we lost the the cup final so this is and one of the you could, have, the done the you could yeah. have done the double yeah
2: did you know when you were 14 15 that you you were going to make it where, where, where there's a lot of talk about oh we've got this kid at sugar academy Khadira is going to be really good or or were you still you know it's kind of same level to people academy or were you already above
1: yeah i had my teammates some of them were maybe better technically but if you would like to have the step from the kids game mm-hmm. to uh, to the adult game to the real game you need also mentality yeah that's the main key so uh if you are talented but you have no mentality you don't you don't get it
0: well i ask this to every so i love I that, that question
2: that coming he loves the question i do
0: Okay, and you have to answer as honestly as you can. What age were you when you looked around to your team and you said, okay, that guy's better than me? In other words, at what age were you not the best player
1: on your team? Like on the national team, like under 15, under 16. Really? I played with uh, Kevin Prince-Boateng. So this guy was so talented. Maybe one of the best players I played with in the youth teams. But, yeah, that's what I have to say. He's so talented and I always said, this guy has to be like top five in the world. Like what age are we talking? 15.
2: 15, he, yeah. was, he was better than you, better than everybody.
1: Better than everybody. And he's really? also big yeah. too,
0: big and strong. So is he, was, was he big and strong then, like, yeah, like, but like, yeah, like you, you know, with, but also more technical?
1: Yeah, more technical. We talk about he can play at every position, even as a striker or number six, even uh, yeah, I think really. goalkeeper. So, but what I'm talking about is, he was so talented. You know, he had everything, like he can score with uh, goals with the head, he was fast technically, he did things like, even on the pitch he danced, you know, but it's like more about mentality. Yeah, you have yeah, to stay it. like, uh, if everybody says, you are the best, you are the best, you are the best, and we can see it till now, you have to work. Even the young talents who are coming to the first team with 16, it's just the beginning.
2: The Euro and the 21 that you won, yeah, with that incredible generation, yeah. like, did you realize at the time what, how special that team was to have you and Neuer and Ozil and Hummels? Hummels, Boateng. Boateng Jerome, yeah, yeah, Jerome. But for you to have been so good at that age all together, and then obviously a few years later to go and win the World Cup with almost a similar kind of group, core of players. Did you realize at 20 or 19, okay, this is a special team?
1: That's funny because now we won the title, we won the under 21. But if you know the, the history, it's not that glory because uh, <laughs> we played a really really bad uh, group stage. We won against Italy against Balotelli in the semi-final, but they were even the much better team. And then we won England. for did, one or You more. speak <laughs> of
0: Balotelli in semi-finals. I think so, he got his revenge uh, a few uh, years sh-
1: later in 2012. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but at the end uh, there were a the second. So second. So, like same, no? <laughs> so what I said is like, we had yeah many the circumstances was not that perfect, yeah. but we did it with a lot of mentality, also luck. Mm. Yeah, you can see, but you never think that we can win the World Cup um, four or five years later. But you had the feeling that there's a really special generation, Yeah. but uh, also with Portugal had a, the golden generation, but at the end you have to do it. You have to work hard and to fight for it because even with talent you cannot win any titles or any…
2: And again, we go back to mentality.
1: It's yeah. the same, I
2: guess, for a team than it is for an individual player, like you explained yeah. earlier. Uh,
1: but this was like, uh, if you go now… With this generation to, that, to the older generation like we had Mertesacker, we had Schweinsteiger, Klose, Lahm, yeah. so big players and this fits perfect because they were more experienced than us but we had also this kind of um, like mentality to get something bigger so this combined perfect because if you have an older generation they're really good but the younger are good but no mentality yeah. it doesn't fit you cannot win.
0: Mm. One of my mysteries that great German generation, and again, I say this with a lot of respect, so many great players in defense, in midfield, great goalkeeper. But in attack, apart from Miro Klose, who had to keep playing until he was 45 years old, the level, again, without offending anybody, wasn't the same as other areas of the pitch. And I'm curious because now you're thinking like a coach because you're doing coaching badges, yeah? So when we have situations like this, some people say oh it has to do with the way uh, kids are developed what clubs do the opportunities they give or maybe they turn strikers into number tens or wingers other people and this is my view is that actually it's just random to some degree and it is the luck of the draw that a great striker can be born or maybe he's just not born for a period of 10 15 20 years what's
1: your view on that so first yeah, I do my coach batches, but I think that I'm more like a director or to have the, the whole view of the picture, you know. But I do my coach right. batches to understand coaches much better.
0: So that you can then we, fire them when you become a director? <laughs>
1: or oh, to hire them. <laughs> yeah. It's not that easy, you know, yeah, to, yeah, to plan course. a training session yeah. and uh, to speak to young, to, to young kids. Uh, it's, it's also for me a big challenge. Yeah, yeah. Because to play football, it doesn't mean that you can teach football. It's, complete, it's, uh, it's completely different, but uh, yeah, I think, especially in Germany, um, after Miro Close and we had Gomez, mm-hmm. um, we lost a bit of focus um, to create like this kind of striker who scored. Because if you talk about football, it's about winning, and if you want to win, you need to score goals. Yeah. So, and if you have nobody just to play like nice passes, dribbling, and this kind of stuff, you you maybe it looks nice. Um, we, we talked about this uh, before in England, it's nice to have a, a corner kick or a nice dribbling or how you say, like a nutmeg or this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but at the end, if you lose, it's not that att- attractive. So you need striker who scores and a few years ago, the German Federation realized that we have to build with strikers, you know, because we had it, but we don't uh, push them. We said, no, he's too strong, he's too big, he's not that... Looks not that nice. So we have to, to change. We need like younger, uh, or, like smaller players who looks like more technical. No, yeah. sometimes you need a striker, Mario Gomez, with all the respect. I love this guy. He's a friend of mine, but technically he was not that good. But <laughs> uh, even Miro Close, but they scored many of goals. Yeah.
0: But do we also get a little too fixated on positions? Because I have a friend, for example, who is convinced that if Lewandowski hadn't signed for Bayern, Thomas Muller would have been Bayern center forward all these years and scored a ton of goals.
1: He's an amazing player, yeah. but he's like more freedom. He likes to move yeah. on the pitch. He, he reads where's the space. So um, I think this combination Lewandowski <laughs> was Mula, pretty good. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like before with Klose and, and Muller, because he yeah. knows okay, M- M- um, Lewandowski is on this position, so I go more on the right. He's going more on the left. So Is Muller one uh, of the most intelligent players you've played with? Yes. Really? In terms of football
2: brains, like understanding everything, yeah. not like
1: I think he cannot explain how it is, he does. but he's and also the guy who's talking that much. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> now without the supporters of the empty stadiums, yeah. you can you can hear everything. He is like twenty-four hours. So uh, he has to drink a lot of water because otherwise he's <laughs> he's dry not mouth. dry. Yeah. So but uh, always in a good way. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. And always and funny. So yeah. yeah, but of course one of the most intelligent players.
0: okay so Jules it's 2010 we're in South Africa Yeah. Sammy's flying or was flying because he just won the Bundesliga beats up on England um, yeah they lose to Spain in the semi-final you know you're kind of down because you look around and you say man you know will I get this is my window of opportunity oh, really um, and you can tell throughout by the way that Germany the German national team is so important
2: to, yeah. To Sammy. yeah yeah definitely
0: um, and he gets a call from his brother,
1: so I was so sad, and I was like in my in my in my room in the hotel, and I was like, maybe Spain is too big for us in this moment, and I was really disappointed. And then I got a, a message from my from my brother, Unia will call you. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 because he's looking for a number six. And the, the funny thing is that my younger brother Rani who's playing now for Union Berlin, he told me he wasn't this time. I just, 15, 16 and he told me oh you have to perform because Mourinho is looking for number 6 and it's like you don't know <laughs> oh, anything no, about football you know Mourinho you know Real Madrid so why he's looking about Sami really from think, Stuttgart
2: you didn't think that a club like Real Madrid and Mourinho could come for you because you were still very young at the time uh, but. yeah
1: of course so I have now this uh, um, expectation mm. but then it's like oh he wants you I said like, okay, but he has to message me because my English was like so bad <laughs> and I was so nervous. So he texted me and he said like, yeah, you're an amazing player, amazing guy. I want that you join Real Madrid. So um, me and my agent, uh, we flew to to Madrid and uh, yeah, the talks takes like one minute or two minutes. <laughs> so he said like, what's like your expectations? I said, like, yeah, I want winning. And he said to me like, okay, you are my guy. He gave me like a hug, a kiss, and I said, like, let's see uh, in two weeks in Los Angeles for, for the season game." That's it. And I said to my agent, okay, that's not a good sign. <laughs> we came all the way to Madrid, you know. And after one minute, I have to go back. And it's like, no, 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 it's perfect, it's perfect. We talk later. So, uh, yeah, that's the uh, beginning of the story. And uh, for me, one of the best experiences in my life to, to met this guy and even to work with him. So um, yeah, he opened the door to the highest level of football. But he has a different way of communication. I do remember my first training session. It was in uh, Los Angeles, in the UCLA. And it was like, he told me, listen, my training session are 90 minutes, not longer and even not shorter, 90 minutes. And we're always using the ball. And I was like, easy. Because in Germany, you run, run, run without (laughs) the ball. It's boring, you know? (laughs) After the first 90 minutes, I was dead, I was dead because uh, we did like 10 against 10, 6 against 6 and there was no break, he always put the ball in, if he goes out the ball on the left, he put the ball on the right corner in, so you have to sprint back and defend the goal and I was so tired but happy because you have all the time the ball and not just running without the brain, so you have to run and to think about how to defend, how to move. So uh, I was really exhausted, Um, come back to the bus, back to the hotel and he was just like two rows in front of me and then he texted me like, oh, you are an amazing player so look at my lineup for the first game and I was into the first 11 I was like, I was looking to him and he was just like, turn around and do like And he gave me so much confidence because I was new in the squad, no friends, no English, no Spanish. So Mourinho told me like it's like a puzzle, you know. So Madrid signed Kaká, Cristiano Ronaldo, Benzema the year before. But then he said like he needs players who are working hard. So he needs maybe the genius like Ozil, he needs me. as a runner and uh, taking care about the balance, uh, Di Maria, even a young player, young, hungry. And, and yeah, that's the beginning of the story. It was unbelievable. Till now, if I think about it, I got like goosebumps, you know.
0: Viewed from the outside, that that period, the Real Madrid sort of 2010 to 2014 and... From a media perspective, the, the rivalry with, with Barcelona and Mourinho against Pep is still one of the most extraordinary periods of time that, had, that certainly I can remember in, in club football mm-hmm. in terms of a two-club rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the popular narrative viewed from the outside that it went too far. It, it took it to a level where the will to win, the intensity, it turned into almost like a hatred yeah. from uh, on an individual level between players. Um, see, I, rem- I really remember, you know, Pep Mourinho said, puto amo, yeah, you know, when he, his head exploded. and, uh, yeah, yeah. and everything. It, and then obviously it had repercussions yeah. internally on the team. How did you live that because you're still quite new you're in this environment you knew there was a big rivalry of course yeah. but I mean did you think okay it's like Dortmund against Schalke or whatever yeah. but then you get there and you see it's got many more levels and it's a very very personal thing
1: to be honest I really enjoyed it <laughs> I really yeah. enjoyed it because even if you uh, were no
2: Spanish even if you were not Spanish yeah. you still enjoyed it a lot yeah. and you could feel it yeah
1: because you, you know it was like maybe Barcelona against Madrid, the players about the Catalonia and Castellano. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, then Mourinho against Pep. Uh, it was Messi against Cristiano. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the two fans like from Madrid and, and Barcelona. It was always like really special, really special. And all the world was just looking for this game. And we had played in La Liga, we played in the Champions League, we played... Five uh, Classicals uh, once. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Copa del Rey. uh, Copa del Rey, the final, uh, the first year that we won. Um, So we went out in the Champions League against Barcelona, but we won the Copa del Rey. So it was always a big, big fight and something special. Maybe, as you said, it's too much on a personal level, but this pushed us, and maybe both teams, on a really high level. And I think this two or three years was the best game to watch. Yeah. The best game to watch. And even for sport, yeah, maybe there are some personal reasons, but for the entertainment, for the quality of the game, um, it was maybe the best the best games I ever played. They play the tiki-taka
2: or the, the pepper. So we can, we can leave them the ball, but then we're going to make it really hard for them. And then once we get the ball, we're going to be quite efficient with Cristiano up front. Was that the
1: approach that you had? Absolutely. So we had our style of football and we cannot copy them. We cannot play tiki-taka. It was impossible. But we knew that we have uh, Ozil, we had uh, Di Maria, we had uh, Xabi Alonso, who can give a long ball to Cristiano and also we had uh, Pipa Higuain or or Benzema. Mm. Not that bad as a striker, you know, so we knew that we had the quality in front, but we have to defend as a team and uh, of course Messi. We have to control Messi. So sometimes we put Pepe on uh, as a number six to control yeah. Messi and it was a really big fight. So maybe not always fair, but always with respect.
2: Was that Barca team really amazing? In the sense of the way they were playing like Xavi, Iniesta, Messi yeah. together, Busquets. They of were... course.
1: So um, even as a materialista, I can say this team in 2010 were well, maybe like the best team. I ever seen you know so of course I played in a really amazing team but this team and I'm I said the best opponents I had is Xavi and, and Iniesta and unfortunately really? they never won uh, the golden ball Yeah, yeah. The that's a gone, shame yeah. it's a shame you know yeah. but, but also he, Busquets he never with these three what? players they never lost the ball but, but that's the that, thing that was and the thing, thing. And Yeah. and you're
0: in central midfield yeah. and it's
1: your job to win the
0: ball from these guys I'm yeah. just imagining you're there and Mourinho says okay do the best you can Get the ball from these guys, nah. and you're up against this freak three uh, trio of players. Like, what?
1: What is you it? Cannot, you cannot get the ball, but then you have to find solutions. So Occupy we are, space. we are, we are like, we need to anticipate. So if they pass the ball, just read the game, and then you get the ball. And if you get the ball, they're not organized because also Dani Alves or Eric Abidal. They are the, def- uh, they are strikers. So if we get the ball immediately, we attack. Yeah. So when we did it, we just had like 10 or 12 clasicos and we lost two and all the others we draw we won so this was our tactics you cannot get the ball from them because otherwise if you try to get the ball you have to to make a foul yeah. but uh, also with Messi you cannot get the ball we have this same tactic with Germany against Argentina in 2010 and also in 2014 you cannot get the ball you cannot attack him just follow him and if you pass the ball just follow him because the ball who's come back to him yeah. you will get it so that was our tactic otherwise if you go to Messi, he triple and you are lost. Yeah, so yeah. he's an a advantage because then he can play two against one or three against two. So always stay behind the ball. So you have to be like really intelligent. And Mourinho or Hugo Luff, they were really intelligent uh, coaches. Otherwise, we never had the opportunity to win against Barcelona or Argentina. It looked like from the outside that things got very poisonous in that
0: third season. Obviously, Casillas getting dropped and Ramos and Even the local media that can be very cheerleader in Madrid when things are good, they turned on Mourinho very, very quickly. I'm sure Mourinho has never asked you, hey, Sammy, could I have done something different? Uh, But if he did,
1: what would you tell him? At the end, it was, uh, let's say, too much egos in the locker room. Too much egos. And if uh, the ego is uh, overcome the spirit of a team, you are lost. So but it maybe it's normal after very really two intense years. We spoke about the Clasico, we spoke about winning the um La Liga um with the record of goals, with the record of points. Uh so even Mourinho, we had the record of goals, huh? that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with I think one hundred twenty one goals or so like Something that. A, it's easier to do so, when you have uh, Cristiano, of course. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the end you have to score. So it was really special and I think the players got tired of it and then in the third season we went out of the Champions League against uh, Dortmund we are second or third in the in the league and yeah the people are tired of, of all this kind of leadership so and then sometimes it's better to to break up but what he can do otherwise he has to change change his character or change his leadership and it's not that easy if you change Mourinho so that's why he, he left and we got Ancelotti
0: When you moved to Juve it was in some ways a similar situation because again the narrative is Antonio Conte three years win-win-win yeah. but the players by all accounts were so happy
1: when he was gone Yeah
0: Is, is there a parallel there between the two?
1: Um, not just of them two I think in general so um there's like a, a rule, let's say. You have a two, three maximum, maximum four years, but I think four years it's, it's done. Yeah. You have two, three years where you can perform on a really high level. Otherwise, you have to change the coach yeah. or the manager or you have to change the team, the players. Because uh, you listen every day to the same voice, to the same speak, to the same training. You know, it's like... It's getting boring, so uh, you need to change the players or you need to change the yeah. coach. It's like uh, not nothing personal, but it's like the truth. The past, like Ferguson or or Arsene Wenger, it's yeah. uh, something something special. You have to and, freshen up uh, after a certain. You have time. to freshen up, and you need to you need to change the coach or the players.
0: When you talk a bit about the change. Is that what Real Madrid needed after Mourinho to help repair some of what happened before?
1: Yeah, so if we spoke about Carlo Ancelotti, he's that kind of coach. If you see him like the images, like he's always like angry and, you know, crumpy. But if you speak to him, if you come in the (laughs) the locker room, he's one of the nicest person I ever met in football, (laughs) you know. And most of the players were like happy that Mourinho left because they have more space to breathe and uh, you know like more creative maybe and the locker room was like more quiet and Ancelotti did it perfectly you know so he tried to bring his idea into the team but the team was not ready for it so he waited for it and then step by step He brought in his idea, but he listened to the players and we had like really strong players like Cristiano, like uh, Sergio Ramos, like Mm -hmm. Xabi Alonso. To play for Real Madrid is the biggest things that you can achieve as a football player, but it's also maybe the harder things because you have one or two games you are really good or ten games you are really good and the media and the supporters, they are like going crazy about you, but you have uh, one or two games you are struggling, you're not scoring, you're playing bad. And they are whistling to you and the media destroys you. So you have to stay really strong. And uh, yeah, step by step this year, something special created. And also because the, the spirit, I think the spirit in the locker room, we felt that everybody has to stay together.
0: We're driven by the search for better. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Gab. Just go to Indeed.com Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need, indeed. So it's inevitable, right? We live in the era of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. And inevitably, when you talk to players about, even talking about themselves, if they were teammates of Messi or Cristiano, they will talk about them, what it was like to play with them. What I find fascinating is Sammy Kadira got to experience... Two Cristiano Ronaldo's are two different. Which is amazing. Classes, which really is I mean, it's extremely yeah.
2: rare, right? Yeah, very, very rare. At Real Madrid, yeah, and then later at Juventus, yeah. One young at Real Madrid, uh, just o- almost arriving from from Ram- from Manchester United, the summer just before, and then much older, much more mature, much more experience at, at Juventus, and I think even. F- in Sami's words, just to hear the difference in approach, in personalities almost, is quite fascinating. Some things something's some things the same.
1: I met two Christianos. So the first was in Real Madrid, he was a bit younger, maybe a bit more unsecure and selfish, but not in a bad way, just like he has to find his personality, I think. Yeah. He scored many, many, many goals, he was fantastic but he has not that influence into, into a team. And then he moved to to Juventus, like my second period with Cristiano. He has the same spirit, um, the same selfish and ego that he would like to score, but he was more a leader, more a natural leader. So he always like spoke to his teammates, um, pushing for them. He was like, okay, I know if I would like to win the Scudetto or the Champions League, I need even more my teammates. Okay. So uh, this one, what was the difference also Madrid no misunderstanding he was also a part of the team Mm. 100% but in uh, Juventus he was like a bit more older how you say like more
2: mature mature, mature.
1: so this was really really nice to see and then he got some kids and you know this kind of feeling was like maybe sometimes more relaxed but on the pitch always focused so I said to the guys of Juventus Cristiano is special because everybody was like, oh, Cristiano's coming. Yeah, he's just uh, hes a normal guy, be humble. But he's yeah. special. Take care of him. And uh, on the locker room, he's really relaxed. But on the pitch, you will see the performance levels going higher. Yeah. And you can see it from the first day. So we had like uh, shootings on goals, you know, and he was like to win. Okay, we bet on a bottle of wine. Oh, we're playing four against four. <laughs> I said like, Cristiano, what we bet? Bottle of wine, 100-0, I don't know. So we bet. Because there was always like a competitive, a manager, competitive. Yeah, yeah. so he's a competitor. So what we did when he lost, got pissed. <laughs> but everybody's like, I would like to beat Cristiano, you know, or I would like to help you <laughs> to yeah, win to yeah, Cristiano. Yeah, yeah. So the level of of, of performance getting higher, higher, higher. This is also Cristiano. Yeah. Because before we had a good level, but with Cristiano, the level is getting higher.
0: The perception, obviously, you even make this huge investment, Cristiano Ronaldo. When you do that. You're saying, okay, we have to go and we have to win now, right? Yeah. So then I might sign more experienced, more expensive players to go and do that now because I have a, a window of opportunity yeah. with Cristiano. With hindsight, if you're gonna do that, you probably don't want to also destabilize the team by changing the manager. And then obviously Cristiano had three different managers when he was at when he was at Juve. Yeah. Looking back, is that do you think that was part of the that was part of the issue? Do you think that's something that maybe the club could have done differently?
1: You have to know if you sign Cristiano, um, the profit is is much higher. You know, Instagram numbers going higher, the, the sales of of shirts getting higher, but yeah. the pressure also. And then you risk that you lose maybe your identity, especially a club like like Juventus. So, and just to sign Cristiano maybe is not a bad sign, but all the circumstances that you sign different players maybe doesn't fit to the identity of, of Juventus. So, and I had a talk with Mourinho in 2016, I think, and I said, I love Juventus, and asking I asked him, why? He said, like, because Juventus is one of the last clubs who have a really DNA, a own identity, mm. it's like, defending character, like you see the linebacker with Parzali, Chiellini and Bonucci, Buffon on the back, like four Italian players, me in the midfield, and you have Marquisio, Pjanic, uh, Matudi, like working hard, and then some special players like Dybala, yeah. so like Del Paz, Del Piero, or so you have special players, but also working hard players. And then maybe the last two, three years, Juventus lost the identity. So you send players who don't fit, You just maybe come just for money. And that's a big, big problem, you know. And then all the others who gave everything for this shirt, and I can see personally, I love this club and I give everything day by day for this shirt, they are on the same circle that ah, you don't give everything for the club and then it's like a negative uh, spiral. Spire, so, And that's that's happened then with, with Juventus. Just signing Cristiano is not the fault, just like the upcoming signings. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's a fault because then you are not focused on your identity and what kind of football you want to play. And then you cannot change Juventus to the style of play of Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola is Pep Guardiola, it's fantastic, but you cannot copy it. Mm. So you have to stay on your own philosophy and that's maybe the fault what what Juventus did. If you have Cristiano or Messi or Neymar, most of the time you defend in ten because they need some some time to rest and they are not defender. And now, is a, a, a Ralf Rangnick, the German guy, I know him well, um, he's the coach of Manchester United, and he's a guy who has a really intense um, gegen pressing. Yeah. So it's like Klopp, yeah. but with Cristiano it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. It's like I'm honest, but you would like to win the game. So maybe you have to change a bit your idea and your style of football, like Osmo Mourinho's changed a bit and Ancelotti changed a bit because, you know, if you give Cristiano the ball in the box or like in a position or cross, he will score. You know, I will fight for him. I will run for him. I will do everything for him because at the end he will score the goal and he will, will score a winning goal. And we got the three points and we will win maybe the Champions League or we'll win the league. So this is like a compromise that you have with, with yeah. Cristiano.
0: Well, it's interesting. I was gonna, you mentioned Rangnick there. We again had this image of him as sort of a football genius, but then he's also German, has a very defined style of play, not necessarily super flexible. But from what you're telling me, Already he's arrived, he probably knew before he arrived. I can't ask Cristiano to do what Yusuf Poulsen does. I can't go and do the gegenpressing, pressing, the craziness, the 4222 yeah. system. It's stupid. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help my team.
1: I think he has to do a little bit more because he has his idea already in his head and he is an amazing coach, you know. So uh, we call him the professor yeah. so, because he had a the 4 4 2, like many, many years ago, and not just running behind the man, so just defend the, the space. So he's really special. But for me, also, a great coach shows up that what kind of players he has, and then he adapts and change the system or change the tactics. So he has to know if you have Cristiano or Messi, like you see Paris saint you cannot yeah. play game pressing with, uh, yeah, yeah, with Paris saint but you have Messi, you have Neymar, and you have uh, or Di Maria or Mbappé. So yeah. you have to change. So that's uh, like Mourinho said yeah. to me, I was like a box-to-box player, for example, in Stuttgart and also afterwards in Juventus, I was a box-to-box player and scored many goals. In Madrid, I scored like Five years, nine goals. <laughs> so that's not that much. I had like nine goals in the Serie A in one season. Yeah. <laughs> but the difference was we had, uh, as I said before, Cristiano, we had uh, Ozil, we had Di Maria, and we had Benzema or Higuain. And we had on the left back the crazy Marcelo, yeah. who was like another <laughs> defender, he's an attacking uh, <laughs> defender. So we had five players always in the attacking line. And then I changed my game because I have to be clever and yeah. to see how oh, we have five attackers. Um, I cannot go even in in the last line because uh, if we lose the ball, there's no one in the back, just the defending line and Xabi Alonso. So good luck. No, I have to stay back and have to be like the balance between the attacking and defending line. So that's what Mourinho changed, even with me, but also with the team. And this is what Rangnick has to do with Manchester, give Cristiano the space, give Cristiano the creativity that he can score goals and he can bring his quality into the team.
2: We're back in, in November 2013 and Germany have this friendly against against Italy to uh, to prepare for the World Cup in Brazil. They already qualify, of course. And, and Sami starts the game. It's a really strong Germany team. And at some point in the game, I, I'm not really sure why. He goes in, loses the ball first, then goes in and, and you know, fouls Andrea Pirlo. And the problem is, on that foul, on that tackle, he, he tears his anterior crucial ligaments and then he's out. he's out. He knows he's out for between six and eight months. In a year where Real Madrid then reached the Champions League final in Germany, hoping to, to, to do well in, in, in Brazil for the World Cup. And what's incredible is what happens next after that game.
1: The doctor told me, listen, we need to do two operations, like two surgeries, and it's like, how? Yeah, first, we have to fix the ligament, and after two months, I have to fix the ACL. I said, like, listen, it's like two months plus six, it's eight, but I have just seven months to the World Cup. No way. Yeah. So I said, like, no, I cannot go to the risk. I take the risk. Do it together because you have to do it separate. So we did a, a one surgery and I said, like, no, I have to work hard. So then I researched my, my team. So I said to Real Madrid, listen, I have a trust in the German guys, in my guys, so I know them. And I found some other guys. So I had a therapist, I have a the rehabilitation coach, I had a doctor, I had a visual coach. And I all asked them, do you believe that I can get into the World Cup? Do you really believe and everybody's answering like yeah of course so and i asked the second question like can you bring the effort that you can see me the next five to six months more than your own family <laughs> <laughs> so I said, like, yeah. hey, you have to talk to my wife but yes we can we can do it so uh the first six uh, eight weeks it was crazy so i had like 12 hours per day like no sleeping just eating training eating training treatment and uh because uh, the doctors told me like the first 6 to 8 weeks are the most important really? so i did a lot of work and like yeah it was really hard like also my family uh, they didn't see me and all yeah. my you know, friends but i said like i would like to to come to the world cup i would go to the world cup so i needed time for me and for my for my rehabilitation and then in april i was back on the pitch and i felt like okay i can get it maybe not on the highest level yeah. And I said to, to Carlo, listen, if you can maybe give me two games uh, before the World Cup. And I was not thinking about the, the Champions League mm-hmm. final because after an ACL, everybody knows maybe that you cannot play in this high level um, from the beginning. And uh, he said like, yeah, of course, but uh, you have to play also the Champions League final. And I was like, what? Because Xabi <laughs> Alonso was suspended. Yeah. He got a third yellow card against Bayern Munich in the semifinal. And I was like, Carlo come on, I'm maybe 67% of my level, and they said, like, I need you on the pitch. A week before the game, I had a shower after training and Cristiano came in and they said, like, Sammy, we need you. I said, Cristiano, maybe I'm 60 or 70% of, of, of my level now. I need more time and there's no more time And, and to play a Champions League final. I don't care. You're 70%, you are better than all the others, so we need you on the pitch, we need your personality. And then it was so special for me to get this confidence from Cristiano, from my teammates, from Carlo. So he spoke to me before the match, listen, just play easy, boss, don't run that much, just uh, keep positioning. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was special to be on the pitch. It was not my best performance, but I cannot accept it for myself <laughs> because <laughs> I had three weeks of, uh, of training yeah. with the team. And uh, I said, I needed more time, but they gave me the confidence. I said, OK, I will give everything for the team. And I did the best what I what I can. But then on the 60 minute, I was uh, substituted. We always had like the feeling something is happening. It was not over, even uh, we were like 92 minutes. Then we got the corner kick and I was like, no, no way, no way, please. And we had Sergio Ramos, maybe the best uh, player with the hats to scoring goals. And it was so electric, the stadium was like heating an hour, we got like, okay, now we get it. And we scored with Bayer, we scored with uh, Marcelo and the penalty of Cristiano. So, yeah, the rest is is history. And when we came back to Madrid and the night, four in the morning, Cibeles was like crazy. (laughs) The sun goes up and we're like, oh, I'm so tired. But come on, we have to celebrate it with our fans. And I went home seven or eight in the morning after all the celebration. It was such an amazing day because I played, we won it. And we did something really, really, really special mm-hmm. for the fans, for the club. And as you said, 12 years. Yeah.
2: You know, there's not many players who won the Champions League and the World Cup in the same summer. Summer, like, New yeah. summer. I think Carombe did it in 98. Had to be Madrid. a French guy, yeah. otherwise you wouldn't... No, know. no, no, I'm just saying, you know. It was not as good as you, can, but but what's even more special for you is that it could almost have not happened because of the the
1: ACL injury. Yeah, I never thought that I would like to win the Champions League or I would like to win the World Cup. But I said with this team, with this character and this coach, we have to win the World Cup. No European team won a World Cup in South America, no. but I said like no, 2010 we were close, 2012 we were close. There was just one Italian. So you uh, mean, Mr. exactly. But then it's like oh, we are close. We are close. So it's it's our time. And so you then, have the feeling
2: uh, or belief or both.
1: Both, both. That's why I said like I would like to go to this world. Cup. Yeah. you knew you yeah. have to go to this world, club. and then it' worth it because uh, <laughs> you play the Champions League final. You wanted to play the the World Cup for my upcoming career. It was maybe. Not the best, yeah. but we did it. We did something really special, and I'm so happy after this yeah, really difficult time that I get it mm. into the uh, World Cup.
0: And you've kind of dealt with this throughout your career. Obviously, you mentioned the ACL. You mentioned before when when you were 17 and you got injured. You you had the you had the heart issue as well, yeah. the the torn biceps. It's something players have to deal with psychologically. Is there a questioning that maybe you could have done something different?
1: Maybe when I was younger, that's why I tried to help now younger people to develop them, but also to try to explain them that they have to work hard in a young age. Because I had just played football, but I had always many problems with the muscles and this kind of stuff, but you can solve these problems in a young age. To solve these problems with 28 it's really difficult. Yeah. So I, you have to start with a really young age, like let's say 10, 11, 12, the flexibility of the muscles, of course. And the ACL, It's uh, if you do remember how it happens, I just tried to fall clearly because I was angry because I didn't get the fall before, so I didn't have my emotions under control. But it was by my own so my body was not not ready for it so uh, you have to fix the hip the ankles and then the knee is is fine so I had seven knee surgeries during my career seven Seven. so that's a lot but at the end I'm happy that I that I played 15 years on the highest level um, in European football but to avoid that you have to you can prepare yourself in a really young age so that's Maybe I have to do um, better if I'm born new and have the same chance, but now many, many young kids and I always try to listen. I know I'm not a teacher and I'm not the expert and the guru. No, but I have the experience. So me with 17, I had two surgeries. So maybe I'm not, I'm not get it. And I have to work uh, in a normal company and not uh, on a football pitch. I had the mentality. I had luck. I had uh, many supporters that helped me. But many others of them, they're struggling and they're out because you don't have that time. And even with 17, if you have a long injury, you are out because a new is coming, a new player is coming. You have uh, 100 of players who would like to have your place. So I had luck that I have a good childhood, good parents, and and that helped me a lot.
2: We have to talk about the World Cup how you feel, how you felt back then. You said you came so close, 2010, in 2012 as well. Yeah. What was the difference that time? Uh, and also the 7-1, of course. Like, have you ever seen a more crazy game yeah. than that? I,
0: I was there and I thought of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief, looking at the faces of the fans. <laughs>
1: no.
0: ah. I mean, it, was, it hurt yeah. me, yeah. and I'm not Brazilian.
1: Normally, if you speak about winning the World Cup, you speak about the final. But the yeah. difference in this World Cup is that we everybody talks to me about the semi-final <laughs> because. But yeah, it's maybe a, a historical game. I cannot find the right words, even if even in German. If this is like not English, is not my first language, but even in German, I cannot find the right words. You go in, you know, we struggle in the last 16 against uh, Algeria, extra time. We won against France. A really tough and hard, yeah. a good team of France, 1-0, so, but then we, we create a spirit, during this time in Brazil, we create a spirit, we have some egos, like, oh, why are you playing that, oh, no, he's not playing, so the spirit of the team overcome the ego, and everybody steps back, myself as well, mm-hmm. so it's like, I would like to play, of course, but if I'm not playing, I have to help the team. We had the, the best players on the pitch, in my opinion, so uh, we had the best formation. And then we played against Brazil. I was like, listen, again, semi-final. It was something... So we they lost 2006, a semi-final against Italy, uh, 2008 the final against uh, Spain, the Euro, 2010 we lost against Spain, 2012 semi-final we lost against Italy. It's amazing, I'm just realising, so, I was at uh, all
0: those games and oh, so were you. you. Yeah. So
1: yeah. was like, okay, 2014, again. So if you see, if you step up to 2016, we lost semi-final against France. Yeah. 18, different, <laughs> different story. Let's not talk about so, it. But let's go back to 2014, <laughs> uh, the happy end. Yeah. Uh, we like always a bit nervous, so we play against Brazil. Okay, Neymar got injured, Diego Silva suspended, but it's so like, okay, we have to do it, we have to do it. And our
2: but, ta- but When you prepare the game, for example, yeah. and you look at the video analysis that yeah. you love put together, yeah. did you think, okay... We, we can we can beat them, or did you say, okay, this is going to be? No, really we can so-
1: beat them, but you know, football is not just about tactic. Yeah. So you go there in the stadium, it's like 50,000, I think Baleo Horizonte, yeah. like 50,000 per Perci and crazy guys. They are thinking the anthem, they are crying, like, <laughs> <laughs> it can be really hard. But we said, like, we are German, we can beat them. We do something special. But our tactic at the beginning was like, we start to defend, you know, whereas like the the middle, how you say, like midline, or like the, yeah, in the medium, middle, medium block, yeah, medium yeah. block, like the medium block. So we yeah. said like, they can come first minute, they give like a pass, like Fred, they have opportunity to score, and you're like, sh- <laughs> so we try to start to defend. And then we got the corner kick, and now you can see how important corner kicks or set pieces are, because we didn't train. We just trained set pieces, you know, so Thomas Muller scored the first goal and then we had this feeling, we, we are a bit more, I a brave, it's like, okay, let's go a bit higher, like the first line of pressing and then Thomas Muller told me, Sami, the tactic, I don't care, we, we press, okay, let's go, so the really? defense line said to, to uh, Boateng and Hummus, let's defend and we're just looking at each other, go for it and then we pressed him high. And we got the ball and we scored two, yeah. three, four, five. And then it was like, what happens? <laughs> what happens? So you cannot explain. But the most important thing is in the locker room in the halftime. So we are like looking at each other. And I don't know, we have to love, we have to <laughs> celebrate, we have to stay. Yeah, what do you do You right didn't know that? You didn't know, know that you the most important was the coach. He said, like, listen, if one guy starts to blame them, or start to play, you know, with uh, uh, 50% of, uh, of the performance or like this kind of stuff. If you make jokes about the 5-0, you will substitute it immediately and you don't play the final. So take it seriously, take respect yeah. of the Brazilian team, but even more about the supporters and about the country. Because listen, we had an amazing time here. It's not finished but we have to uh, respect the Brazilian country, the mentality and all the people and also the team because Brazil, Germany is on one, on one level. Maybe uh, five years later, six years later, we play again and they beat us 5-0. Yeah. So it could be happen. So that's why we have to stay humble, respectful and bring it in a good way to the end. So that's why the 7-1 uh, happens like that.
0: I I'll, I mean, I find that Absolutely fascinating and big respect to Lud for saying that because I'm I'm just so impressed that he did that and and you guys were able to finish the game you know in in a respectful way respecting them not too easy not too hard in a way that avoided something bad happening because I really felt something bad could happen.
1: Also my parents and especially my mom she's really afraid about if many people's coming together and then after half time she thought like how we can go out of the stadium because it's 5-0 and then at the end 7-1 but i think the how we handle the situation was really good and that's why i love football because okay you can teach tactic you can teach uh, winning but you can teach also really important things in life and that was one of the lessons what i learned the most to stay humble even if you are like seems to be like God. You have to stay humble and you have to respect always the opponents and always uh, other human beings. We love to be in Brazil. It was one of the amazing four weeks or five weeks in my life, especially because then we won the final against Argentina, but you know how friendly and how open and how 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 much love they gave to us, especially in our camp. It was just amazing to see, especially also after the 7-1 we came back to the camp and all the Brazilians are like,
2: respect. That first half was perfect, but for example, the three goals in seven minutes, they happened so quickly. Did you even have time to to enjoy it? Or it was just like, wow, what's going on? And then another one. Oh, wow, we celebrate and then then another one.
1: No, you know, you're on the pitch and it it was, it looks and seems so easy. You know, we just, it was like a training match, uh, defense against offense and always the defense have to give the ball to the offense and they have to score. So (laughs) you you cannot you cannot explain it. It's we knew that it's a semi-final of the World Cup. Yeah, that happens every four years. Yeah, so the next opportunity is just (laughs) four years. So take it or leave it. So but then it was just just happens.
2: After the semi-final and you're going to the final and it's Messi and Argentina. Do you feel like we can't lose now? You can't lose after beating Brazil 7-1 in Brazil or it's still a feeling that the pressure is there because you've been so close before and again you could you could be even closer and still not, not winning and also because it's messy. Yeah. And in the end it's not a really good game from Germany. You won it and God said wins it for you, but it's not Argentina have the best chances yeah. and the and
1: finish it. as well, who yeah. you played with. Higuain Messi. Yeah. So uh Palacio. Yeah, we had also one one header from Howardus. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, true the end of the first half. But yeah, of course the dynamic of football is always like that. If you're winning or like that. The next game is even more harder than before. Like, for example, Bayern Munich lost against Commission Gladbach in the the Cup. 5-0. The next game, the opponent, good luck. Because this (laughs) team will fight so hard. So, this is really, you know, the dynamic of football is like that. And we are a bit afraid of it. Because we knew we are a good team, but... Argentina they, they are so strong you know they had Messi but then they had uh, Di Maria but was injured they had Higuaín they had the, Higuain, the mm. midfield with Mascherano so they have a really really strong team and a good mentality yeah. and more I said more experience than 2010 when we beat them 4-1 I think yeah. or 4-0 4-0 so we knew that it's a completely different uh, squad and a completely different mentality on it So, as you said, they had the bigger opportunities to score. We didn't find our rhythm, but we are always like, stay into the game. We never lost our focus. Mm.
2: And I guess Gotze, in a way, he sums up well the mentality because he was the unlikely winner goal scorer. And yeah, yeah, he comes on and becomes the hero. We showed the mentality that the whole squad had,
1: really. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a good start. And then uh, he struggled a bit, but uh, yeah, what he did is for all of us amazing.
2: God, that was fascinating, really. Again, World Cup winner, Champions League winner, uh, such a nice guy, very open, loads of stories... I think it helps you understanding you know football's mindset approach uh, insight that uh, give you into relationship injuries performances players that you play with managers that you have really really interesting so
0: that's what we're trying to do and, and, and of course with this Cabbage Rules Meets podcast um, we hope you find them interesting and entertaining uh, check out the ones that we've already done that are up there with uh, with Jules' old pal, <laughs> Gail Clichy, uh, with Giovanni Branchini, the, the first super agent, stories to tell galore, yeah. um, and with Victor Montagliani, of course, uh, the uh, president of uh, CONCACAF, FIFA vice president. We've got plenty more to come. Mm-hmm.
2: Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash GabJewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash GabJewels.